We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter-Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim and Gabe, listen, there were some requests on Twitter with all this WNBA free agency movement to do an emergency pod. And, (laughs) you know, we're hopping and, you know, we're in a double dutch jump rope out here with our basketball stuff that we're doing. Could do an emergency pod, but here we are to break down all of the huge moves across the league. And I'm pumped. Like, this is crazy. Like, it's mind blowing all the new faces in new places. Well, and we, and we love talking about college basketball. And it was a crazy week in college basketball, but we have to start with WNBA because this is possibly yeah. the most impactful free yeah. agency we've ever seen, free agency period we've ever seen in the league. And you know what? You know, hey, I want to do an emergency podcast when Kansas <laughs> signed, when Stewie signed, you know, all that. Absolutely. I'm kind of glad we didn't because now we have a lot more information about what's happened and, and how everything's, how the dust is settling a little bit. Yeah. Because, yeah it was a crazy week, but yeah. I think you know, we have most of the big people signed. Yeah. yeah well, not a- most, but enough. Yeah. No, so, it was a good call to wait. It was a good call to wait because man, that was just the tip of the iceberg. Candace said, you know, she was going to Vegas and everybody was like, Oh snap, here we go. Uh, you know, free agency is shuffling and moving. And then Stewie was like, I'm going to Stu York. That's what I'm calling it. Stu York. Um, Stu, Stu York, baby. Yeah. Sloot and York. She bounced. Yep. So, and then Sloot was like, hey, I'm leaving Chicago. Everybody's like, oh, ears to the wall. Like, what are we, what are we doing? And then boom, she joins Stewie and Stu York. And there it is. <laughs> it's, it's wild. It's wild. And like, yeah. um, I really like the, the, the whole, hey, posting, I'm leaving the franchise. And then you get a second post about where you're going. 
So yeah. you could double the engagement on social media. Yeah. It's good. Whichever agent marketing is- person <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Great, great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. Break um, your own but- news. Sloop did that. And they break their own news. I love it. That's the, the way of the world right now, right? Don't involve us, you know. <laughs> hey, just tell just tell me what happens now. We'll talk about it. We'll talk Double about jump it. in chess. Double jump. Yeah. But all right, so let's, let, let's talk about what happened. So yeah. right, right now, as it, yeah. let, let's uh, let's go over the New York Liberty roster after, <clears throat> as you mentioned, Brianna one. Stewart and Courtney Vandersloot have committed mm-hmm. to joining the Liberty. Don't quite know the contract details. Apparently, people are taking less money. It's all going to work, folks. Just let me tell you that yeah. right now. It's, it's all going to work. They'll figure it out. May, and maybe there's changes going forward. But here's what we got so far. We have Brianna Stewart. Mm-hmm. And for, former MVP, uh, one of the best players in the league. Talk about a very long. Uh, John Cole Jones, same mm-hmm. exact uh, description. Yep. Chan- MVP, mm-hmm. Finals experience, whole bit. Courtney Vandersloot, yeah, possibly the best point guard in WNBA history. At Ta- least one of one of, yeah, at least one of. Well, okay, I- then we have Sabrina Nescu, all WNBA last year, uh, who and and number one yep. pick and draft, and a player that we think is going to be a superstar in this league. And then we have Benajelani, who's an all-star. Yeah. And then off the bench, you have Kayla Thornton off and Steph Solson at the moment. And Jocelyn Willoughby and Michaela right. Onyewera and Dee Dee Richards and, and possibly Hanju and Marie Dress. I don't – this team is stacked. <laughs> boom, boom. Yeah. This so team I, is stacked. So yeah. I, I, thoughts, I guess, is the question. I don't, I don't know. I'm just freaking out. Well, you saw me sipping um, my Starbucks there because, you know, <laughs> like I needed a, more of a charge. Anyway. Uh, but listen, when you have all those players, and we've seen it on super teams in other leagues, NBA, right? Um, it takes a while for them to mesh. And I'm not saying that it will, but sometimes we've seen it happen right away where the chemistry is just like hit the ground running and boom, there they are on a string. Uh, but realistically speaking, sometimes it takes a little time for the timing uh, to mesh with the with the players, right? And Sandy mm-hmm. Brundello is there now. Uh, I know she's thrilled uh, as a as a point guard uh, uh, from back in the day. I'm sure she's thrilled to have Courtney Vandersloot there, and then to look to uh, her right and left and see John Quayle Jones and Stewie. Ha! Come on. So I know her creative wheels are are rolling as a coach because you know when you look at it as a coach looks at it, it's like. Look at all the options you have. Oh, my God. Not just on the offensive side, but defensively what you could do and have teams match you and, and not worry about matching teams and just go big. I, I love it. Yeah. Anyway, that's maybe that's just me with my <laughs> magnifying glass on them. No, I was but, doing this too. And I want, I want to get into kind of like the strategic awesome. stuff. But, yeah, I want to hear more about what, what you have to say. Yeah, no, that's awesome. But I, I just think, you know, with the super team – idea um, that we've seen kind of explode across the WNBA, it's very intriguing to me. It's very intriguing because, you know, people have already penciled in New York and Las Vegas in the finals. Um, But, I mean, there are plenty of other teams who have something to say about that um, in Phoenix and in D.C. and everywhere else uh, that are going to challenge them. Oh, yeah. Uh, But I I, I do think that, you know, when you see it, um, we'll stick with New York right now, but when you see a John Quill Jones go there. Um, I think that was a, a big draw for Courtney Vandersloot and Stewie, right? Absolutely. I mean, she went first, you know? So it's kind of like, okay, what's there? It's almost like when you're going to the cookout, who made the potato salad? You know what I mean? Like, what are we really doing? Like, <laughs> we need to know <laughs> the details on. On, on what's there. 
What are you looking sorry, up? I got, Pota- okay, are you I looking got, up potato salad? <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I, so I was looking at my phone. I have my phone usually on Do Not Disturb during Uh-oh. our podcast. But I wanted it up just in case there is, you know, WNBA news. Uh-oh. Uh, but I just got a, a, a breaking news alert from ESPN that Kyrie Irving wants to be traded ahead of Thursday's deadline. What? That he, he requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. So that's my – that's. Oh my God! <laughs> it's always something with Brooklyn. Everything's going great, and then Kyrie has to do something. Come on, Kyrie. Listen, listen. no. If KD, <laughs> if, if KD can send out a tweet about um, Stewie coming to New York, then then Stewie, now it's your turn. Go talk to Kyrie, man, and tell him to stay where he is. What is happening? Oh my God! Ah. Because it. Right, wait, wait, this is an NBA podcast. I'm sorry. I know, that's but that's breaking news. But we can loop Stewie into it because now she's in New York and KD, right. you know, with the Nets. Anyway, that's crazy. Wow, breaking news uh, right here on Breaking Nets News podcast. <laughs> I just got so many texts just breaking. now from everyone. Everyone else who just got this. That's that's incredible stuff. Uh, shout shout the NBA. You know, hey, good good for them. I'm glad they all saw you. Yeah, back, back Stewie, to sorry. Let's, Stewie call Kyrie. Stewie call Kyrie. There we go. We looped it back into here. So. Let's uh, let's we'll recenter ourselves. Um, so uh, you you mentioned the time to mesh for super teams. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And obviously, uh, as a as a Miami Heat fan, uh, <laughs> I've seen that happen. I've seen I've seen the exact way that that can go poorly and well. Uh, in right. both ways for, for that Miami Heat big three team, which I think is kind of analogous to both of these teams. And, you know, you look at, and then you look at someone like the Warriors with Steph, you know, Steph Curry and company bringing in Kevin Durant. That was plug and play. That was um, plug so and maybe, play. I it could play. be a little bit more like this. But I think yeah. the interesting part of this, Christy, is, so obviously these three players have never played together in the WNBA. But they spent a, one season together, all together, in Ekaterinburg, um, the Russian team overseas that they all played, they all played together. They won the Euro League. They were yeah. dominant. I mean, you know, you look at you look at the numbers for uh, Stewie and John Quall in those seasons. They they were great together, um, and they and they really learned how to play off each other. So I think that experience is going right. to at least shorten the gap for those three. True. And then you look at the team though, and you know, hey, there's going to people are have to sacrifice. People have to give up uh, touches, minutes, you know, roles. You know, that's a lot. Hey, I I've, I've floated the idea of maybe putting Benaja Laney on the bench and then having her come in and, okay. and letting her have time to cook on her own or even just doing that as a, as a, as a um, you know, as a rotation. Right. But you think about it and it's like, this team is going to have an all-star on the floor, have multiple all-stars on the floor pretty much at all times. And you right. get, to, get to the point where you are, Christy, of, of thinking about like a coach. I want to talk about it a little bit more because like – you know, I'm I'm sitting here. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm watching, uh, you know, Connecticut tape, little Seattle tape, a little bit of Phoenix right. uh, stuff from when Sandy was there. I'm like, hey, you know, she could take this play and put it there and then put it there. And then I'm thinking, why? Do you have to do it? Like, do you just say, hey, Strategy? here's the balls. You guys are the best basketball players yeah. in the world. Y'all figure it out. And it's just like, how can you double anybody on this team, Christy? Yeah, well, I think you have to think of it that way. I mean, if you're Sandy Brondello, it's not just, you know, have a seat in the chair and, and you know, and, and roll Long the ball. Long to the ride. I mean, but you, you do trust that they obviously understand the game at an elite level because they, a lot of them are Olympians, a lot of them, you know what I mean? Like, they understand the assignment for sure. But at the same time, she understands the assignment 
as a coach. I mean, she's coached internationally for the Opals. Oh, yeah. but, you know what I mean with with the Australian national team. So let's not let's let's give her oh. um, her creative credit when it comes to. And I'm not saying you didn't, but I'm just saying like. Oh yeah, no, 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 you, for sure. You can trust them. This is where this is where a coach trusts their players. Okay, mm-hmm. and you know this now as a coach, and you can agree or disagree with what I'm about to say. <laughs> it ain't easy. Word. <laughs> What'd you say? It ain't easy. That no, that part of it. It ain't. It ain't. But it's not impossible. Okay, but the the biggest word as a coach is is trust of your players and. And reciprocating that is the players to the coach. Like the players have to trust that the coach is is saying something that is viable. Like, okay, like it, even if it doesn't work, like we see what you you are thinking, we see what you would like for us to do, and we respect that. Okay, um, but a lot of times it's like you know you have to break a play to make a play. And when you see a play as a coach, when you see the play that you just came out of the timeout on the whiteboard with, like, this is what we're doing, set this screen, pin this down and, and come off, get downhill, like, all those things. Like we just diagrammed it, but the opposition blew it up. They blew up the pick and roll. They switched when you didn't think they were going to switch. So now you have to trust the innate instincts of your players. Okay. And that's where it even comes in more. Like you trust them to execute what you did on the whiteboard. But then in in a millisecond, okay, the opponent can come out of that timeout in the zone. You're like, oh, snap, we prepared this play for a man-to-man. And we weren't, you know, we're thinking we're going to come out and execute this, which I love to do out of timeouts is like, you know, when they're having trouble or something. Oh, yeah. Flip it. Just one possession because mm-hmm. that can make a difference in the game. Anyway, I digress. I miss coaching. <laughs> Anywho. But when you come out and you see something different, Okay, now your team, like you can't call, you could call another timeout, but do you really want to do that? I always no. like to keep at least two in my pocket as a coach. You could call another timeout if you want to, but you have to trust them on the fly to make a read that has great spacing, um, that is setting up everyone in their skill set for success in all five spots, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's up to the point guard. So with Sandy Brundello being there, and then now Sloop, She's going to conduct that whole possession. If, if they come out and see a zone, they had just Sandy just rolled up a man-to-man play. Guess what? Guess who's going to be all right? That whole squad. Because of Courtney Vandersloot and her savvy with understanding where to put the pieces on the court so that they can score in that possession, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and, then, and then Sandy has to trust that. So that's where it comes into play. So... Sandy's going to do her thing. I mean, she's a fantastic coach, champion coach in Phoenix. Like, we understand. She knows, like, you know, with the Opals and internationally and all that. But when it comes down to plays being broken or, or blown up by opponents, that's when you trust your the experience of your players. And now you have this, these experienced players, MVPs. Like, Vandersloot's been in MVP talks. Like, let's stop. Playing. Oh, yeah. Let's get into that. Okay, like. Even though she hadn't gotten it, she's been in the conversation for it. So she's been one of the elite players for a while. So she has complete understanding of what the WNBA presents. Um, but uh, just to have Sandy Brandello there too, I just think, you know, they're going to be all right. That's all I'm saying. Like there's trust on both they're sides. There's yeah. trust on both sides. And when it blows up, make a read that, you know, that, that makes sense on that position. I'd have a, I'd have a much easier time trusting my team if Courtney Vandersloot was on it. Like <laughs> same. 
That that makes my life a lot easier. And then you add in a story at John Cole Jones and Supreme Rescue. Yeah. Ebenezer Lady, yeah. and it's like Here's to that. I, so like, I, and you bring and and Sandy is like, you can't, you can't draw like think of a better coach for the situation, honestly, right. because she's always in her career uh, been a coach of great players in in Phoenix. Right. You know, she always had Diana and BG, yeah. um, and then you you had you have a whole list of other players that came in and out of of Phoenix yeah. that were Hall of Fame level, MVP yeah. level, All Star level. So you know, honestly, you look at it. And you think last year, you know, New York has been planning with, for this for a while. And maybe this yeah. is the next moment. Like, this has been a long-term plan ever yeah. since that front office was, was put in place in 2019. Uh, like, this has yeah. been such a long process for them. And I'm really happy for the franchise. But you see, like, hey, we're going to get Sandy Brondello because we think we're going to get all these players next, next year. And we're mm-hmm. going to need a coach who knows how to mesh personalities and create offenses and defenses that allow the players to make decisions. Because I think that's what you want, right? When you have great players, you want them to be in positions to make those decisions. Like you're saying, trust. And trust. and she she has absolutely exhibited that throughout her career. And it's just like she's a just a perfect coach, I think, for this mm-hmm. group of people. And okay. I think they're they're just going to be, I mean, unbelievable. And, and you know, hey, we could talk about the guards and the shooting and all that. But let's get in the post. This is going to be awesome. These are Stewie in the post with John Quell in the post. And you have, you know, you're probably going to have Stewie posting up on one side, John Quell diving on the other side for a rebound. What are you going to do about it? What, how, how are you? (laughs) I I don't know why it's funny to me though. Go ahead. It's insane. It's insane to like sit here and try to think of a way to stop this team. Just, just in the post. Forget about the right. rest of the stuff that they could do. Forget about the pin downs right. and the handoffs and the threes, and the step it. backs, and just those two getting in the post and literally being on the post next to each other is almost unstoppable because they're so good at passing, they're so good at reading, they're so good at everything, yeah, and scoring down there that it's going to be really, really difficult for anyone in this league to stop. Period. Yeah. I don't care who you got. No, and and let's talk about the unicorn factor for both of them because they can both knock in threes at 6'4 and 6'6. Six, six. And John Quells are step backs, like Kevin Durant with the layup. Listen, it, it's going to be interesting to see how teams choose to cover this team, okay? Because a lot of teams switch at least one through three, sometimes one through four, okay? Uh, but I would like to see that happen with, with this team, okay? Mm. Because of what their skill sets are going to present. So defensively, thinking as a coach, defensively, I'm like, we got to stay pat. I don't even know if we can switch. Can we switch? Should we no. switch? Should no. we switch? I don't think so. I think you have to stay home. Like, you have to have ever-present hand in, in their faces. And you don't want to switch too much because of their length. So for me, I'm going to be watching not just New York, right? But I'm going to be watching schemes against them. Like, what are y'all going to do? Because I, you know, it's, it's it's going to be a challenge, but not again, not impossible. But I think because they're so big, six four and six six, and can extend the floor, and then give space for a player like Sloot who loves to attack the elbows with a dribble drive. Come on, man! I I just think it's going to be really intriguing to see the coverages defensively as as the uh, season opens up. It's going to be fun to watch though too. Yeah, you can't. So you can't switch. I would. It's just any. There's gonna. They, this team is so good. 
Yeah. But everyone they play will have a disadvantage. That's Every what I mean. Every single team they, they will play. So, and now, what you've added that the head of the snake for this team is the mm-hmm. single best player in the league at finding and exploiting disadvantages on your defense in Courtney Vanderford. Right. Yeah. And for, and let's forget about the other ones because John Quell, Stewie, and uh, uh, Sabrina have all proven that they are very capable of finding advantages for their offense and exploiting them. Yeah. I mean, and, that's the insane oh. part. That's the insane part. Let's just all this. Let's just all go like this for a minute <laughs> and try to comprehend. We're about to see this. <laughs> comprehend. We're about to see this summer because it's going to be phenomenal. Number one, um, but I just think the creative juices on the offensive side for New York and the defensive side for anyone who plays them is going to be through the roof. And it's, I mean, it's going to be fun. I saw what it. Um, I always, I've said Kevin Durant a hundred times already in this podcast, and we're only... Uh, that's Kyrie's fault. That's pretty yeah, He's DMV, so I don't want to shout out. Um, but, but KD said, hey, listen, Stuart's coming to uh, to New York, and I don't have any tickets. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't ask me for tickets, they're gone, like that. And I, you know, I, I retweeted it back, and I was laughing, because I was like, that's so great, you know, because he's, he's in lockstep with the league, obviously, oh, he watches, yeah. um, like a lot of NBA players do. I mean, they learn from watching too, and vice versa. You know, it's the same. It's the same kind of um, mental makeup and mental uh, competitiveness and maturity that um, that those players respect in one another. You know, so I thought it was really funny though. I made it a hashtag. Uh, they gone on the tickets. Uh, they gone. He doesn't have any. Don't don't uh, don't text KD for any tickets to uh, the New York games. <laughs> hey, just like all of uh, Chicago and Seattle's players, they gone. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Sky and Storm yeah. fan. You had it good for a long time. You had it really good for a long time. I don't want to. Funny enough, Gabe. <laughs> they gone. Hashtag. They gone. They gone. Uh, and, put that on so, the put that on the little message. Put that on the little on the ticker. They gone. They gone. They gone. That's so funny. Uh, That's from KD. Oh, shut up. Okay, go ahead. And, 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 you know, it's really cool. Just like it's, and it's probably not a coincidence that the two players who probably play the most like Kevin Durant and I think have a relationship with Kevin Durant. I know Stewart does. I think John Paul has, has met him in recent oh, years. Oh, absolutely. There have been comparisons side by side. Yeah, there's, there's comparisons and, and they've, they've, they've had a relationship. And I don't think it's a coincidence that those two ended up in Brooklyn, you know, where they'll be. Um, you know, working out with Kevin Durant and he'll be working out with them and they'll be able to kind of, I think they all speak, they all speak the same basketball language. You know, they Absolutely. all kind of love, they're, they're junkies about this game and they want to learn. Yeah. And I think that's a big draw to a place like that Huge. is having, you know, basketball mm-hmm. minds that, you know, you can, you can interact with like that. And I think for, I'm sure, you know, in other places it was a selling point of like, Hey, you know, you like this player, well, hey, come and hang out with them. Like we'll, we'll yeah. hang out. And and they'll hang out with and, and they'll be at the games and stuff. So I don't know. I think it's cool that the, those three ended up in the same place. I think it's going to help basketball writ large. Um, I do want to let, let's talk about the other team. You know, just just the other team, the defending champions. Uh, and and if we had done that early podcast that we wanted to, we may have said all the things we said about the Liberty about the Aces because uh, they signed Candace Parker and Alicia Clark. Yeah, adding to. Their championship roster after mm-hmm. uh, the trade for Derek Hamby, and obviously it, it becomes this. This all becomes more awkward when we're talking about the Aces, just because we don't know what's happening with the Hamby investigation and and what right. went down there. It feels a little icky, um, mm-hmm. 
but you know, I, I have thought about the basketball aspect of this if we want to get into it. Sure thing. Um, and just before we we get all the way into it, um, Dierica Hamby, I, I inboxed her and she inboxed oh. me back and said that she listened to the pod because I sent it to her oh. because we were talking oh. about it, the last one, um, mm-hmm. about the situation there in, in Vegas and, and how she's now with the LA Sparks. And, you know, I, I just sent it to her and she was like, no, I already listened to it. Oh. So she she said, thank you guys, you know, so, um, you know, just sending her a, a huge hug and everything. Yeah. But but she listened to it. Right. Um, but I think with with the Las Vegas moves, Candace Parker saying it's about family. And I, I honestly understand that. I mean, we we're talking about Dierica and family and how she's expecting her second child right. and and all the moves um, uh, and what those moves feel like in those kinds of situations is super tough. And I get it and um, empathize with her a thousand percent mm-hmm. on that. Um, because it's hard to explain to a, an elementary age or preschool age baby, right? Um, who has created bonds. And we already discussed that last pod. But um, for Candace Parker to say, first and foremost, this decision is based on my family. And although I'm from Chicago and she was on TNT and she said this on Tuesday night, I believe, and I was watching her and they were congratulating her about her move to uh, Vegas. And she said, you know, I'm from Chicago. I'm always going to be from Chicago. It was a thrill to win a title at home. But at this part of my life, this chapter of my life, um, Layla's going to be in high school soon and she wants to establish roots for her daughter. Um, and then her son, you know, is a baby. So she wants to establish roots with her family um, and Petra, you know, wife and everything. And they just want to settle. And I understand mm-hmm. that too. They just don't want to be up and moving. Go back to Derek. You don't want to be up and, and moving these littles all over the place. Um, so I, I respect Candace for that, um, for making oh, of course. the family, you know, the priority in her decision-making process. And for her to go back to be closer to LA, um, where her daughter Layla has roots and um, and let her live out her high school experience yeah. in one place and not hopping all over. She's been all over the world with her mom with yeah. basketball. And it's like, she sacrificed so much for me as a mom. Let's just make it comfortable for her so that she has a quality high school experience where she doesn't have to be, you know, double Dutch jump roping and following me all over the place. Right. Yeah. It's um, again, it's like a reciprocal uh, love, love, respect uh, yeah. from mom to daughter, daughter to mom um, initially, but now mom to daughter with, with this. So it's a, it's a huge move. Um, and I think we've kind of said that too, that, Parker obviously won a title in LA, went back home to Chicago to get one, and now is joining a team that that is coming off of a WNBA championship, uh, much like LeBron did winning in Miami, and then going back to Cleveland and getting one, and then getting one in LA. So could this be kind of you know a blueprint situation that huh. LeBron James has laid down for Candace Parker to get her third title, but doing it with um, her heart in mind, right? When she's yeah. making these decisions and you know, your heart has to be in the right place so you can be at your best or else you're going to be, you know, restrained or second guessing. And you don't want to have that weight on you. You want to be free minded. You want to be able to know that everybody's good, you know, as a mom, as everybody good. Right. Um, that's first and foremost thing. So I respect her for that. Yeah. And I, and I want to say one more thing about um, the Hamby situation. I saw some people getting mad at like Candace Parker um, for, for going to the Aces. I'm like, that, that's oh, not there's no one to blame for. Really? 
Somebody yeah, it. and it's like for what? First off, like for what? It's not her for fault. Signing like, with the Aces. It, it's like you know that had already happened most likely when when uh, Hamby was traded, and the only yeah. person to blame for or people to blame for what happened to Dierica Hamby were the people who made her feel um, you know lesser than in yeah. the Las Vegas organization. That's the only people we should be mad at. Yeah. Um, not at Candace Parker, and and I, oh. I just I just want to say that because I saw that and just really it bothered me. Um, in that terms of basketball, too, though, yeah, it's, I didn't know that. That bothers me too, Gabe. I don't like that. So yeah, it, it, it's it is what it is. Fans are going to be say what they want on on the internet, and that's that's life. But um, for Candace, I think this is also just like a kind of new challenge for her, right? Because yeah. in LA, obviously, she was the franchise, right? Yeah. Um, she goes she, to Chicago. She's the franchise again. Again, right? she's the best player. She she was the best player on that team. She was. She's coming to uh, Vegas, not as the best player on the team, and and she has been, you know, the second best player on the team at times with Neka Gumake, and then mm-hmm. at times in Chicago there was games where it was like, oh, Copper's the best, you know, Sleep's the best. But the the headliner has always been Candace Parker. Mm-hmm. Now the headliner is Asia Wilson. You know, maybe and and maybe some of those other players who were in MVP conversations, Kelsey Plum last year, Chelsea Gray. Jackie Young, all those players had MVP talks last year. So you're, Candace is coming in not as the car, but as a wheel, you know, <laughs> as, a, as a part, right? She's a part of something. She's coming in as a part of something mm-hmm. rather than as the biggest piece of something. And I think that challenge is really interesting for some players. Some players never want to do that. Uh, I think Christy got frozen here. There she is. All right. Oh, I did? Uh, I'm frozen? My moment. No, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're unfrozen. Oh, okay, good. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I think I just I just think it's really interesting for her to take this on uh, later in her career because not a lot of players like to do this, um, especially of her caliber when she's still playing at at such a level Mm -hmm. to go and say, "Hey, I'm I'm going to take a little bit of a backseat role and and play with some great players and and feel how I can contribute to this and and find my Mm -hmm. place in an organization rather than kind of coming in and dictating that." And I think it's just really interesting for Parker and, and Alicia Clark. I, I don't want to. I don't want to like forget about her because yeah. obviously, you know, we we loved her in DC. I think she had a rough year shooting because of her foot, but yeah. I think she's gonna get back and and play better basketball next year. So I mean, these are two championship moves that just make this team even better. Well, they're players who have two championships <laughs> with Clark and <laughs> and Parker, and they understand what it takes. And you know, as I said before, I mean, Clark was like, you know, she had the voice of a coach on the floor yeah. uh, as a player last year with her experience. And you know, winning championships it, it changes you, right? I mean, you're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing about it, once you get one, you want to get another, and then once you get that second one, you want to get a third, and that's why they're both there, right? They want to be a part of championship environment with Becky Hammond mm-hmm. as the head coach, but they also see it as they don't have to log heavy minutes to do that. Um, the team is not on their respective backs, right? They right. have Asia Wilson there, Jackie Young. Oh my God. Plum dog. They have, I'm, I'm writing it out now. That's what I'm, doing. I'm like trying to write it out so I can see it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's insane. I mean, you look at it on paper. That's why I said at the very beginning of our, of our discussion here is that, you know, on paper, that's crazy looking uh, squad right there in terms of size. And we were talking about New York having size and, and unicorn esque kinds of six, uh, four and above players. I mean, hey, listen, Asia Wilson was knocking in threes last year on a consistent basis. Let's not forget. And then now Candace Parker's coming there. We already know what she's going to do. She's going to climb the chimney and get all the smoke from outside the three point line. <laughs> she wants all that. 
Um, and she's going to get it because she's, she's won titles. She understands what her role can be on this team. And I think with Becky Hammond, wow, you see Sandy Brondello and, and Becky Hammond leading these respective teams. Ooh. That's just incredibly exciting to say the least. What's another word for exciting? Like, I don't know. Step is another. No, exhilarating. Um, exhilarating, intriguing. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's going to be, it's going to be chestnut checkers all season long, especially when those two teams meet one another. Are you kidding? Um, mm -hmm. But across oh the board, again, like how are other teams going to play this Las Vegas Aces team? You know, you have to think in, in that respect as well. Like, what are you going to do to disrupt um, the chemistry of a championship squad uh, coming back, defending their title, and then you're adding two players who have won two titles each mm -hmm. uh, to the mix. So to me, man, that's exciting in and of itself just to have the championship caliber mentality, um, championship um, expectations from everyone across the board, you know. And, and I'm telling you, once you win one, you get greedy, man. It's like, well, you know you can do it. So then you go that much harder and then people are coming that much harder at you, but that makes you better because then you're like, you're not taking this away from me. Right. So it's going to be really fun this season to watch, man. I, I can't wait for it, especially, you know, when those two teams meet and it's going to be exciting across the board. But when those two teams collide, <laughs> let me tell you something, that's going to be, I'm going to have popcorn and cranberry juice. Well, and <laughs> courtside. And hey, we're going to do courtside, courtside live for what I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking up when that game is. So let's let go. First. I'll go up there. First Las Vegas I'm going. New York game is in Las Vegas on June 29th. <sighs> then they then they come back and play yeah. August 6th in Barclays. We should go to that one. We should um, go to that. We should go to that. Uh, and then August 17th at Las Vegas, August 28th in New York. So we got to go to one of those New York games. Can we go to Quick. two of them? <laughs> I'm, I'm down. I'm down. I got a lot of friends in Brooklyn. Shout outs to all my friends in Brooklyn. Dano, oh, Miles, my cousin Danny. Yeah, me. Just, they, there's a few people that don't listen to this podcast, but the other ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, like, look at our front court. Look at our front court battle yeah. here, Casey. Insane. Danny Stewart versus Candace Parker. We have John Cole Jones versus Asia Wilson. Yeah, come on. That's, Stop playing with me. Stop playing games in my face, Gabe. That's going to be, I mean, no, court. play that game in my face. Play all four of those games right there. I want to <laughs> see it. I want to see we, so we've been excited. We've been excited. Yeah. I want to ask you a question though. Okay. How do you how do you feel? So you, you alluded to this. I did earlier. How do you feel about super teams? You know what? I haven't said it out loud, but I have been thinking about it uh, when all this started happening with the WNBA. I mean, again, we've seen it. I mean, we we first saw it with the Celtics. You know, with Ray Allen. And uh, Kevin Garnett, right? We what about saw, Bill Russell and Bob Cousy and, and Sam per and Sam Jones? Oh, wow. We see him since the beginning. Sorry. Look at you I'm, take it all the way, all the way. I, 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 I got rants. I got rants. <laughs> oh, man. But what, what we didn't see, you know, was Michael Jordan do it. Um, you know, we didn't see Larry Bird do it. We didn't see Kobe do it. Uh, but they were still amazingly successful. <sighs> Ah, that's hard to do because it's hard to say. Well, we did see Kobe do it. Remember? What do you mean? So Kobe, Kobe, let's, uh, I think this was He didn't leave. People, I'm not saying. He didn't that. leave. I'm saying people leaving. Oh, but you, can, you can't. People coming isn't the same thing? No. I mean, he can't control if people come in there or not. Of course he can control people coming in there. No, Come on. Can't. You can't <laughs> control that. 
No, that's Jeannie Buss and all of them. Like they were like, yeah, come on, Shaq and everybody. Kobe, Co and and come and on, Carl Malone and y'all and, and Gary Payton, and come you, on, buddy. And they were old. They were old. They were old. But I'm saying, but they were at the end yeah. of their careers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's mean, what's Kobe gonna say? Like, no, y'all can't come in here. Like, he wants to take the hard way, right? Like Damian Lillard, right? He can say what he he probably said what he wanted to say, but ultimately, it's not his choice. Who was on the team? I guess, I guess nowadays it's different. Now it is. It, it kind of feels like it's their choice. I, I, you know, I, for me, I, and I, I'm trying to put myself in those shoes, which I never was in those shoes to be able to decide as a res, uh, unrestricted free agent if I wanted to go join a team that had, you know, superstars on it um, in order to win a ring. However. <laughs> Gabe, I'm surprised at myself. I think that, I mean, it depends on where I am in my career. If I'm early on in my career, I wouldn't do it, right? Okay. But if I am um, if I am a mature player, uh, eight, to ten years, eight, eight to 10 years in, I have family, uh, eight to 10 years in, and I don't have a ring yet. And I don't have a ring yet. Man, I might go and play with well, Stewie and them. Give me a so ring. I, <laughs> Whatever. I think I, I think I don't know, but I'm surprised I'm saying that because I'm so like I know. I never do. We're getting but, there. You're chipping away at me, Gabe. No, I've been doing Gabe, this for you're years. Chipping away at me. You're, uh, you're taking away my in. edge, Gabe. You're taking away my edge. I don't like. It. It's, a, it's I, a, I need my edge. I have an edge. Because you're not. You gotta, you gotta get coach. You gotta get back on the on the bench. I do. I know I gotta recalibrate, man. But surprised so, at myself. But so here's the thing: I I don't think, yes, obviously these moves are made with winning in mind because yeah. they should be because they yeah. these people are extremely competitive and like I'm extremely yeah. competitive and I want to go somewhere where I can win the biggest thing I can win. That's um, me. Yeah. But also, but also. I think a lot of these are personal decisions. I mean, after we talked about Candace Parker and why she went to Las Vegas and, and, and yeah, you know, she, obviously she picked Las Vegas over Los Angeles or somewhere else that, you know, her, her daughter would feel comfortable with yeah. because it has a winning situation. But I think that's a little different than just saying like, Oh, I'm, that person's going there to win. Like Brianna Stewart's from New York. She's coming. She's as much coming home as, as Candace Parker was. And now she has a family. And she, she has a she has a little she has a little a little one right, and she wants her family to be around for that. And it's like, it. you know, hey, yeah, like it really. She wants to go there in part because she can win, and she doesn't want to go somewhere she can't win. True. But there's such a personal aspect to it that I never think it's like, it's never quite as simple as that person's going there to win. And I think for Kevin, like you know, to take it back to Kevin Durant, God, we're talking about him so much. Um, but like he wanted to see how he could play that beautiful style of basketball in Golden State. And I'm not sure it, it was – obviously the winning was huge, an aspect in that. But exploring your basketball and, and exploring, like, what you can do with this game I think is also super important to all of these players. So, like, to me, I think the, the player decision yeah. is, is usually – like, is, for the most part, it's going to be understandable, except for the one LeBron left Miami. He shouldn't have done that. That was completely <laughs> – he was so wrong. That's personal. What'd you say? It was it is personal. <laughs> it, was, it was personal. It was personal. No, but I'm kidding. I'm kidding, man. Like I respect LeBron when he did that too, because like he's going home. Like you know, it's, like I just under I I feel like you know to, we have to extend grace to the players in that situation because 
I just don't ever think it's necessarily strictly about winning. Like these people have lives and as much as basketball is a part of their life, you know, win right. and winning's a part of their life. Right. There's other things, right? You know? Right. And like let's like, you know, if I was a coach and I was at William and Mary, I'm never I'm never going anywhere because that's where I want to be, right? Like it doesn't matter that I can go win more somewhere else if I was good. Right. But like right. I would want to stay there because it's home for me. So I think like there's cool. decisions like that that go into it. Um True. But in terms, so I want to also ask about just in terms of the WNBA, like from a from a bird's eye view, like okay, I there's an argument that super teams are not good for the league because we're concentrating the power in two teams really this year because mm-hmm. you know you look at it on paper right now it's like you can't really pick anyone but the Aces and the Liberty as as finals winners at the moment I would say rationally. Right. You're right. Um, so and and so there's people that say like that's not competitive balance that gets you know the other fans are not as excited about that whatever whatever. However, mm-hmm. in in the other leagues that have had super teams, those teams drove up ratings and brought yeah. in a ton of fans from a ton of different places because te- random neutral fans or just casual fans wanted to see you know the Cavs and the okay. Warriors. They want to see the Celtics and the Heat. They wanted to see. You know, super team versus non-super team. Like, if the Aces play the Mystics in the playoffs, that's going to be a huge series because huge. people are everyone's going to be rooting for the the, for the Mystics. Yeah. Everyone's going to be rooting for the Mystics, and it's like, <laughs> I think. So my argument here is that super okay. teams, yes, they suck if you're not a fan of if you're a fan of a team that has to play them. It's terrible. <laughs> but if you're a neutral fan or just right. like an observer of the WNBA, right. I think this gets you so much more, and I think it's good for the league in the in the long run. Yeah, I see that too. Um, you know, I was talking to my kids about all this because, you know, they've been around the league, you know, yeah. all, their whole lives. And so um, Brianna was saying, you know, the same thing about how marketing-wise, it's it's a really good thing to have these super teams, regardless of who they're playing. Like, like you said, not necessarily playing one another, but just playing in general. Like to see kind of like an all-star team play with each other all season long. Yeah. Right. Um, in Las Vegas and in, in New York, for that matter. But then um, Jordan, uh, my son, the youngest son, he said uh, before Sloot decided to go to New York, he texted me during his lunch and he was like, Sloot to New York. And I was like, oh, I missed that. I didn't see that. He said, no, I'm just saying, like, could that be a thing? And I was like, no, I mean, she could fit there. And then an hour later, Sloot yeah. like, announced. And I was like, wait. That's crazy. I was like, you're going to be a future uh, WNBA GM. <laughs> but he's thinking these things, you know, but that's that's another thing. The beauty of the league, uh, you know, even before decisions are made, like yeah. you have these people, a 15 year old a son, you know, who has had his eye on the league for his entire life, um, randomly texting me that. So it's um, it is it's intriguing for a lot of people. It's intriguing for um, the fans. Uh, number one, whether you like super teams or not, like you said, but I, I think at the end of the day, I think it's it's a good thing uh, to grow the league, grow the marketing of the league, um, and to see how it works. Because yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm not going to say how it works, whether it does or not, but just what it feels like to to see these super teams playing in the league, and if that will spark up an interest for other players to do the same thing to load up next year when the free agency market opens up again. But I don't think we'll ever see the WNBA free agent market like this year, like the players who have moved 
so far, like we're not going to see like MVPs moving around like this, right? I mean, am I wrong on that? Like, I don't. No, I you're not. That I saw that said, you know, that this was the only time like four player, you know what I mean? Like, have moved, who have been MVPs have moved to different teams in, in one year. Oh, maybe. At the same time, I, I don't Probably. know who had that, but I've you know I've been inundated with with WBA news, so I don't know what article or what tweet. But someone said that, and I was like, yeah. I, I think we were know. talking about that last week. We, we, we were, right? Yeah, yeah. But I don't think we'll yeah. ever see that again, right? With with these um, these caliber players, you know, these MVPs, former MVPs, um, being able to shift and move and, and pop up on, on other teams. I don't know if we'll see that. Yeah. So I, I like, kind of tried to put a list together of WNBA, WNBA MVPs under 30 on oh. the same team. Interesting. So – I got to say, it was tough. Like, I had to fudge some of the numbers. I'm not saying, like, after they won MVP. So, two players who have already won MVPs under 30 on the same team. Right. Hasn't really happened. I mean, here's my list. I'm not sure if they're all correct. I'm not, I haven't done enough research to be 100% positive, but this was about what my research found. Okay. 2015, Minnesota Lynx. Sylvia Fowles was turning 30. So it was real close, but I, get, I gave it to him with Maya Moore at 26. Um, so they had those two. Yeah. Okay. The, the 2016 LA Sparks had Candace Parker, who turned 30, okay. uh, and Neka Gumake, who was 26. All right. Before that, you got to go back to Nothing. the 2001 Comets to even get close, because Cynthia Cooper was 32 years old because she came into the league later. And Cheryl Swoops was 30 years old by the time they played together on the same team where they already had won MVP. So they, they, those are, that's it. I only found three other examples that were even close. I went to the NBA and I was like, Hey, you know what? Let me, let me try to find this. I think I might be wrong. I think I might be wrong. But I only found two times where MVPs who had already won their MVP were together on the same team under 30 golden state 2016. Okay. With with Durant and Curry. Durant and Curry, yeah. 1959, oh, Boston Celtics. Wow. Bob Cousy was 30. Bill Russell was 26. Oh, wow. RP to the to the legends. Yeah, rest in peace. But that's amazing. But I didn't even, you know, but they didn't call it. I wonder what, what the thought process was like then. Like with, oh. with Cousy and Russell, like when that happened, like. You know, not just with them, but like with fans and and everyone else, like how that was, how that was, how it felt, because it was. I mean, so the, well, the Celtics were unfair back in the day. Eleven rings. Eleven rings. That's more, not, more rings than fingers and thumbs. Like what? That that um, that, that was a team that was unfair. Um, I would say. <laughs> You know, and that's the other thing with this team. Like, you know, and I want to talk. Let's get into some other one other team, one other team that yeah. we are, have a have a particular special interest in. Particular. Um, like, I don't think these teams are necessarily unbeatable. Like, you look at them, and they only they only go like seven deep, and obviously those seven players are really really good. But mm-hmm. that gets a little hairy in terms of like playoff experience and and you know players you trust in those situations. True. Um, so, I mean, you you really need five. And they got both those teams have five that are awesome, five, but I think five, you know six, there's seven, other seven. It, <laughs> an injury, a sprained ankle at a certain time, a player, and, right. and, and who knows how they react? Like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, there's that adjustment period. Who knows yeah. how players react to their new roles and how they mesh together and how they fit? And like, mm-hmm. no one's unbeatable. 
No one's unbeatable. And if these teams get beat, my hypothesis is that the Washington Mystics will be the benefactor. I think they're the third best team in the league right now. I mean, they struck out on Stewart. They struck out on Jones. They struck out on Salute. Probably we don't we don't know that. But and then Alicia Clark leaves. But they bring in Brittany Sykes. They're going to get Christy Tolliver back, one of my favorites of all time. They're going to get Christy Tolliver back when she's done coaching for the for the Mavericks. Yes. Um, so I like I said, I think they're the third best team. How how good do you think this team can be? I think they could be really good. I think, you know, Elena Deladon is healthy and ready to go. I think oh, yeah. that's part of it as well. Um, you know, I think that's an understated factor about this this whole roster. You know, everyone always, oh, how's Elena? I'm like, she's great. Like, yeah. workout video, like, she's, like, doing it. Um, if you've seen any of her workout videos, I think it was on yeah. Instagram or something. She looks fantastic, right? Uh, and she's healthy. Natasha Cloud's back. Ariel Atkins back. Like, you know, Shakira Austin back. Tiana Hawkins signed a um, training camp contract. She's back. Shatori Walker-Kimbrough signed a two-year contract. She's in there. Listen, they have the pieces to be disruptive defensively. They're one of the top teams last season defensively across the board. Um, and give Shakira Austin credit for having a phenomenal rookie year uh, when she yeah. was only counted on to, to just play some, some garbage minutes. You know, after the training camp, you know, media day, hey, you know, she's a rookie. She's going to get in where she fits in and, and get the ball off the off the offensive boards. And, and that's that's what we see. And then midway through, hey, Mike, what do you think of <laughs> when Mike was coaching last year? I know he's GM now and Eric Tebow is now the head coach. But, hey, Mike, what do you, what do you think of Shakira halfway through? She's all rookie team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she goes from a player who may get in or may not, right, to playing it, you know, right alongside the starters all season long. And not just that. I mean, she thrived and flourished in her role. I mean, exponentially got better as the season went along. And, you know, for her to be having the season that she's having overseas, which is phenomenal. Yeah. If you haven't seen her numbers, she's killing it. Uh, so for her to come back with the confidence and experience from last WNBA season and then carrying that into her overseas season where she's crushing it. And then to come back now into the fold and have pretty much the same core players around mm -hmm. her um, in her second season only. I mean, look at that. second season only like her a ceiling or whatever is, is ridiculously high. And, um, yeah. but I just, I just think there, there are so many great things about the, the mystics team that, you know, it doesn't get discussed enough, but, Knowing the mystics, they don't need to discuss anything. They just need to play, and and they just want to play and and prove themselves to themselves first. Period. Point blank. The end. Not prove themselves to everybody else, you know, because that's not that's not how you win. That's not how they won in 2019. They didn't prove that um, winning that championship. They didn't prove that to other people. They proved it to themselves because they believed from day one. They believed from the time the buzzer went off in 2018 when they lost to Seattle in the finals in three games that. Hey, we're gonna come back and get that thing because that hurt yeah. too bad to get that far and not get it. So they proved it to themselves. So I think it's the same notion this year. Everyone's talking about all the moves that New York and, and Las Vegas made, but no one's talking about us, and that's fine because we don't need to be talked about. We're talking about ourselves in the locker room, and we're gonna show and prove when it comes time to play and when. So I think for Washington, they have the pieces in the box to play the chess game the way it's supposed to be played. And again, everyone's healthy. 
But chemistry and continuity, I think, is going to be huge for this team. And they have both of those things. Absolutely. Well, I, and so here I wrote about this for uh, Bullets Forever, if you guys want to go check it out. Um, but I, ta- I talked about how this kind of changes the dynamic of this team in a way. Like the Mystics in 2019 built on this kind of be- this theory of beautiful basketball and, you know, ball movement. Right. It was all about the offense, the offense. You know, the defense was good. Defense was good. But the, the identity of that team was truly on offense, right? All right. Last right. year, this team was first in defense. And I think they looked around the league and they said, okay, if Stewart and Jones are going to, um, you know, New York, we're not going to be able to out-offense them with our talent. With the way where our talent is set up, yeah, we have Elena Deldon, she's awesome. Ariel Atkins, great scorer. You know, we got yeah. Natasha Cloud who can score. You know, picking up Brittany Sykes who, who, who can drive the lane really well. Amazing. Yeah, all those things help. But yeah. we're going to build this on on defense. We're going to be the best defensive team in the league. Not, not you know, somewhere where Seattle's close to them or there's a close second. No, they want to be the best defensive team in the league. And I think yeah. what Brittany Sykes really brings to the table is, okay, she's, you know, she steps in for Alicia Clark, who we all know is a great defender. But Sykes is so much better as a uh, transition scorer. And this, that was such an area that the Mystics mm-hmm. lacked. Not necessarily that they weren't efficient in. They just didn't get that many transition possessions. Despite forcing a good number of, uh, you know, having one of the best defenses in the league, didn't force a ton of turnovers either. So it was like you didn't get those live ball options to right. take it down and transition. You know who Absolutely. produces that at, at the best level in the league is Brittany Sykes. Absolutely. And I think she does that for them. I think her downhill ability is gonna gonna help Natasha Cloud shoot better. I think it's gonna put Ariel Atkins in better positions to score. And I think it, it just clears up a lot of the area. Now there is a shooting concern with Sykes, and they paid her a lot of money. But I think this move just makes this team more dynamic on the defensive end. And I think that has to be their identity to compete with those two teams we just talked about. Yeah, no question about it. They had the the press conference earlier today with um, Brittany Sykes and and Mike Tebow and Eric Tebow, um, and I was listening in on that. But I I think with what she has had to say about it, I mean she's closer to home. We were talking about mm-hmm. that being a factor yeah. with a lot of this free agency movement across the league, and you know she's back on the East Coast. She says she's three hours from her mom, and that was a big factor, um, right. a three hour drive um, to see her mom. So I, I and her grandma. Um, was in that factor as well. I heard her oh, say that today. Adorable. So I just think, you know, when it comes down to it, that's a big piece, but also what you're saying, like, how do you fit in schematically with what Washington mm-hmm. does? And the way Washington, like you said, played defense last year, that's what she does, right? Uh, and her ability to get downhill, uh, get into the gaps and be disruptive and, and steal and score that is the missing piece. And, you know, the pace of play is dictated, as I always say, on the defensive end. Everyone talks about, oh, you want to play fast on offense. If you want to play fast on offense, mm-hmm. you better lock it down on the defensive end. And you're not going to do that, right? You Absolutely. can't be taking the ball out of the net and expect to play at the pace you want. You want to get up and down, then you lock, lock them down on the other side and um, get live ball situations and get the glass so you can get it and go um, in two passes in a layup. That's what it should be like. Oh, my God, I miss coaching. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, that's like very specific, very specific. You got to hit the five cut. Anyway, secondary. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I miss it. Hey, did I miss it? Um, but anyway, um, but with Sykes in there, I think it's going to be really interesting to have the dynamic of Cloud, Atkins, uh, Shatori Walker-Kimbrough, and now Brittany Sykes. Are you kidding? 
if I'm a guard, which I was not, thank God, but if I was a guard, <laughs> I wouldn't want to put the ball down near any of those guys. I wouldn't want to make passes uh, to the wing with any of those guys lurking because that's a steal. Like, you better make that pass great. You better put that pass on the mark or you're gonna. it's going to be going the other way. Um, but they just they just put so much pressure on you. They just um, force you to do things that, that are sped up, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and they're just great defenders. But I think that comes down to, you know, having that great mental makeup, that great competitive fire, if you will, that's, that's in their belly. And they just want to compete and win. And they know after last year that it takes the defensive effort, right, oh, yeah. to, to play the way you want to play. So. I think Sykes fits in great. And another thing, her nickname is Slim. And if that's not a DMV, if that's not a DMV nickname, I don't know what it is. Because, you know, uh, and I, I, I tweeted that out of her. I just thought it was so funny. I was like, first of all, you're coming to the DMV and your nickname is Slim. So it's right well, there, we're like, that's a bit. Um, so it, it's it's really cute. Uh, I've known her since, <clears throat> excuse me, I've known her since when um, she was playing at Syracuse. And um, she actually wrote a paper. I think it was her junior year. And it reached out to me and said, can I interview you for one of my classes? Oh. And so then after that, we've just been like, you know, whenever we see each other, like we don't talk to each other every day or anything. But, you know, whenever she came in town, it was like the best hug, you know. And yeah. then now she's like, oh, now I get to hug you every home game. And I'm like, yeah, you know, but it's just, you know, those kinds of relationships uh, with players over the years. And then to see them develop and, and flourish as professionals. It's just thrilling. Like for me personally, um, just to to have her here is is also very sweet because she's just she's one of a kind and she's just oh, yeah. uh, uh, energy, uh, you know, fireball, full of energy and love and joy. And you know, I love that. I like to be around that kind of energy. You know, that's that's uplifting. And I think she's going to be an energy giver to the team in that regard as well. Not just me, but I'm taking it. But um, <laughs> it's for the team. I think they'll love having a player like her around. She just she brings joy. She exudes. Um, happiness of, of being in the gym and competing. And you want to have people like that around you every day where it's just like always on a high, always uplifting and um, being being that energy that, that teams need and that spirit that teams need. Well, and, and, and she is a dog. Like, she is a dog. She, she's a nice person and all that, but she is, she is a dog. <laughs> she's a dog. And, with, and you look at this roster now and you're like, you know, who on this team isn't a dog? Thank you, know, you. you look at the you look and and, and don't get it twisted with Landell Dom. Like, yeah, yeah, she's the best player ever, whatever. She, you know, she does her little ads and all that. She she's a dog. She's gonna get she's gonna people and she played really good defense last year, I think. And you you look at I mean, this rock. Understate and it was like I, yeah. this team is tough. This team is taking on a really, really tough mentality, and I think that's the style that Eric coaches and, and you know, I talked to him one time years like right it was like before the pandemic. Um, you know, we kind of talked about like how his coaching style developed and he was like, yeah, my dad was so offensive minded that I think that when I started working here, I just kind of took over, like looking at the defensive side a little bit more and understanding it a little bit more and, and taking that on as my sort of role. And sure. so I think now we're going to see uh, his team just be a, even more so focused on the defense and, and pushing towards that side of the ball and trying mm-hmm. to get lower defensive ratings to, to make them win games. And I think for this year in particular, it's a pretty, it's a good idea. It's a good idea to try yeah. to do that against these teams. Um, yeah, it's a great idea. So we we've been talking for like an hour. Oh, uh, we have. Yeah, but feel let's like, it. like feels like twenty uh, minutes. 
What? Feels like, it never feels like this. We always could, like, our podcast could be like two hours every time, it honestly. Could. <laughs> <laughs> it could, no, it really could. Um, but I do think, okay, we have to mention one. We, we got to mention uh, someone, uh, a college player, um, a pretty special one, uh, Caitlin Clark. <laughs> oh. 42 points. 42 points last night uh, uh, against the Maryland Turpins. Uh, at home, it was that that was at home, right? That wasn't in, yeah, that was in Iowa. No, it was in Iowa, yeah. Yeah, it was in mm-hmm. Iowa. Okay, Oof, I was like, they didn't, they didn't lose like that again at home, right? Um, mm-hmm. No, but the, I mean, it was over. I came home from a game. And I got home at like eight forty-five. I turned on the TV and the game was over, and she already had twenty-four points. Uh, and it was like the first half. I was like, yeah. what loose. happened? She what got happened? loose. I think she shot. Didn't she shoot thirty-one? Was she sixteen for thirty-one or something like that? It says she's 13 for 19. Oh, what? Somebody put, I, I thought, see, I'm going to stop looking at, at um, these, these Twitterers. Somebody these said something shot 31, 31 shots. I don't know. Whatever. That, she so, has done that. She has done that in the past. Maybe that's a past game, but this game, she was 13 for 19 and she made six threes. What was six for what? Six for 11. Oof. 10 for 11 <laughs> the line. From three, she almost had another triple double. But she had eight rebounds, seven assists. Uh, yep, I believe so. I'll tell you right now. Come on, uh, eight, eight, eight assists, seven rebounds. Oh, clipped it. Two okay. steals. And I mean, so come on. I mean, she already has eight triple doubles, and I think Sabrina Ionescu holds the record. What is it? Twenty six triple doubles. And yep. Caitlin Clark's only a junior. I mean, I don't know if she can get twenty six <laughs> triple doubles, but boy, if she's flirting with a lot of them. If she doesn't get them, but she's flirting with a lot of them. And then I saw Holly Rowe tweeted after the game. She was on sidelines um, with uh, Rebecca Lobo on the game last night, too, and Ryan Rucco. But Holly Rowe said, um, she tweeted out, she said, Caitlin Clark is a real one. And that was it. And I was like, retweet. (laughs) I can't even have anything to say because it's just like, what do you do with her? Like, she's contested and she's making threes three feet behind the line. And you know that's her range, right? Yep. You know you know that's her range. And it's not like she's standing out there taking pop shots. She's being contested, actually bumped into on the one one of the threes. But they had a compilation of all six of her threes that she made. And I'm like, man, listen, this is not like, you know, a shooting drill out here. She's got people in her face. Or at least closing. They're closing on her. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Never, never like she's out space. there just like, boom, boom, boom. Like, no, people are closing on her. And, and she was still knocking in these shots. So... I mean, for me, after the game, Lisa Bluter, the head coach for Iowa, she said, you know, Caitlin Clark's the the player of the year. She should be national player of the year. And I know you're advocating for your your players, but I mean, how how do you not how do you not how do you not um see what we see? And it's not just because she's her coach that she said that. Like Holly Rose, like who like Holly Rose seen like an enormous amount of basketball. <laughs> All the collegiate side. And in the WNBA, for that matter, and the NBA, because mm-hmm. she does, she calls the NBA games. She sees it too. So it's not just Lisa Bluter saying, my player is the best. Listen, I mean, it's I know a- Don Staley will say the same for, for Boston. Mm-hmm. And, as she should. And both of Good them. Good case. Sure. But they're, they're, they are both just iconically special to the collegiate level game of women's basketball. And then they're very different with what they do. But if you if you can kind of just see what they do for their respective teams, 
it's very comparable. So I wouldn't be mad. And of course I wouldn't be mad at this to have co-player of the year and have both of them. <laughs> Cause that's just like, how do you, how do you differentiate who's better? Okay. I mean, I, talk to me. Uh, I mean, Kaylin Clark plays in a conference with one, two, three, four, five, five other ranked teams and like four of them are in the top 10 and she's smoking all of them. And like, I, I, Hey, the SEC is just not that good this year. And like, Leah Boston is, she's the best prospect in WNBA. She's probably the best player in college basketball right now. But when you look at the, for me, the mo- the the player of the year is the player of the year. It's not necessarily the best player or the player that wants to start a franchise with. There's, it has to be the player who, in my opinion, meant the most to their team in that season and, and, and to a good team, right? Like who impacted winning the most? Okay. You have a great argument for, uh, Leah Boston, I wouldn't be mad, mm-hmm. but I think there's an, an equally good argument for uh, a Caitlin Clark. I mean, you look at what she's doing for this team, and they're in the top five, and they're beating all these tough teams, and you know, yeah. just like this. Is, I mean, Maryland's hey, Maryland's not the best team in the world. We talked about their problems. I think they're a little young, and you know, they're still figuring out their assignments, and and some of the people are still coming back from injuries. Yeah, but they're. I mean, that is a top fifteen team. I think. At the end of the season, we're going to look back at them as a top 15 team, probably street 16 team. And Iowa smoked them. And it wasn't one yeah. of those games where it was like, oh, you know, hey, things went wrong for Maryland. Like, they just got beat. Sometimes the other team's just better. And for me, Iowa was just better in that game. They were. I mean, Cheyenne Sellers had, what, 27 and Diamond 26, Miller yeah. had 26, right? Um, yeah. You know, but they knew – Iowa knew that Maryland didn't have uh, – um, a solid five player. And mm-hmm. that's what Caitlin Clark told Holly Rowe after the game. She said, you know, we knew that they didn't have a true five and we wanted to establish Monica Sonano in there. And she had 30. Monica Sonano had 30 and Clark had 42. So the law firm has 72 points last night. They just almost the outscored Maryland on their own. Yeah. Just the two of them. Hey man, the law firm is legit. I'm just saying like, it's tough, but I mean, but that's, but that's on understanding like where you can be successful. Right. Um, and Lisa Bluter, I mean, she's coached over, over 20 years, almost close to 30 years, um, at Iowa. Mm-hmm. So she understands like where the strength of her team lies and it's with those two clearly. I mean, they play off of each other extraordinarily well. And, you know, there's a reason why Caitlin Clark, Averages like seven assists, eight assists a game because she throws those dimes inside to Sonata, who's shooting almost almost 70% for the floor. So maybe it is just smart, smart basketball well, um, just to go to where your strengths lie and to stay disciplined to that because other people can say, okay, the law firm can score and do all these things, but I can do this too. And that's when you veer off and say, you know, let me try to get a bucket. no. We want to win, so we're going to go with these two right here who are, you know, scoring 72 points between the two of them, and we're going to stay with that. And and kudos to the rest of the team for staying true to that. Warnock, uh, you know, all these babies. Like, they can go off too, but they know that they need to do what they have to do, right? And that's to set up their teammates and celebrate their teammates. But also, Warnock, I saw her getting some just crazy – rebounds and just being feisty on defense. I mean, everybody is a star in their role. So if your role is to score, Clark and Sonano do that, right? Warnock, you can knock in shots, but hey, we need you to, you know, we need you to rebound. We need you to do all these other things too. So 
I don't know. I, they're doing it right. I mean, they did it right last night. Um, they've been doing it right in the games that they've won this year. Um, and even in the games that they've lost. I mean, you see, they're still trying to get those two going. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so, I mean, when they, when they establish um, – Mangasano first. It's like a it's like a really good quarter a team with a really good quarterback establishing the run of football. Like yes. you know what I'm saying? Like you 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 hit him with the run, you hit him with the run, you hit him with the run, and then boom, mm-hmm. play action pass. For Kate for Clark and Sonano, it's post up, post up, post up. All right. Yeah. You're sucking in there, boom, boom, boom. And she has such a great understanding about the game. And like I, you know, eight turnovers to the eight assists in this game. She turns the ball over a lot. She's she yeah. kind of chucks all over the yard sometimes. It's but she's high risk not, man she's seeing things and just doing them sometimes but i think that when she's playing her best basketball it's yeah. more so like i know exactly what's going to happen now because like right. okay hey you're going to double i'm going to toss it into monica monica's going to get double monica's going to pass it to gabby gabby's going to pass it to mckenna mckenna's going to pass it to me three right right yeah. um that works so kick it's, in, it's, it it's really um just an, an impressive team i think they're playing really well uh do you want to talk about that Iowa Indiana game in just a second? Um, that's coming up that you got. Um, yeah. Actually, no, let's just, uh, no, 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 no. I want to talk about David. Yeah, it's one of seven. All right, we we gotta go. We gotta go. All right, we're gonna talk really quickly about uh, um, about LSU and Georgia. Did you get to see any of this? I just saw highlights. Um, yeah, it was infuriating happening. basketball game. I say it again. Infuriating. I mean, uh, both teams. It was just like mistakes that were just mind-boggling at times. Uh, LSU stuck with it. They get the win, as you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Angel Reese had a, had a big fourth quarter. PMAC was rocking. They had that place. It was loud. Wow. Um, wow. And it just kind of – and, you know, Georgia had a chance, had their chances, and they just, you know, kind of kind of didn't finish the job. And, and good teams, which LSU is, yep. they get those types of wins. They stick with it. They don't – you know, let go of the rope and, and they beat Georgia, but you know, it's, it's, uh, that's the first sign of that LSU may not be the sort of uh, juggernaut that we think they are. Yeah. I mean, I think what we're really going to see is when they play South Carolina and, and what happens in that game happens in that game. So I think that's going to be the, the measuring stick that we we've all been waiting for in the SEC, uh, just the conference play and, and the two top teams going at it. Uh, against one another. So, yeah, that Georgia game, it was a scare for LSU. I saw the clips. I saw the highlights of that one. Um, who was the young lady who mimicked Angel Reese's celebration? Uh, celebratory I, forget. Thing? I saw it. Was I like, forgot I forgot her first name, so I'm just going to get it. But, yeah, it's a, a, a yeah. Georgia guard, a diamond. Diamond's her first name. Um, yeah. Diamond Battles. She had 22 points, five steals. She was cooking them. And then she just, was- like, they, she didn't get the ball. And, and they were denying her, but I thought the Georgia could have could have force fed her a little bit more, but she was having them. She was falling out and she did the, the, yeah, the licking of the fingers. Yeah. And then I saw uh, Angel um, quote tweeted it with just W period. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot. Cause you have to play that team again. But Hey, if you can back it up, you can win. If you're backing it up then, you know, well, but anyway, um, but that South Carolina game is going to be, a really, really good game. South Carolina, LSU. And that's next Sunday, right? The 11th? Next Sunday. Okay. Next Sunday. Well, we gotta, you got to circle that, honey, because, listen, that that's that's going to be a game to see. I I agree. And it's going to be a show. Because I got to see where that game is, actually. Um, 
What's it going to be at, saying? It's going to be what? Huh? I don't remember what did I just say. You said show. No, the way you said it. What's it going to be? I don't know what I just no, said. No, you said was, show. <laughs> show. I was literally doing that because I, I like uh, vamp for time when I'm trying to look up a fact here. At oh, South you were Carolina stretching it out for that. Oh, I thought you yeah. were being dramatic. I thought you were being did it sound cool? Did it sound cool? It did sound cool. I thought you were like, it's going to be a show. I was like, ooh. I was like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, think I have my podcast. It's going to be <laughs> you were well, searching. Uh, we, got, we got a couple games to, to yeah. really quickly run through before we let you guys go here. All right. The, Sunday, huge day. We got number one, South Carolina. At number five, UConn, Big uh, at noon at, on Fox. Um, we're, we're picking South Carolina on that one. I, I'm going with South Carolina on that just because of their their size and and depth in the paint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, uh, and, there, and there's going to be foul trouble too. And I'm not sure UConn has. I don't even know if UConn has enough players at the moment to sustain anyone in foul hate trouble. That. Hate that. But what a yeah. team! I'm I'm still hey lifelong UConn fan. Um, lifelong, just always love the, the Huskies. Uh, they're doing great. Uh, so now I'm, I'm officially on the UConn bandwagon, and now we'll see. Maybe I'll maybe I'll change my mind when we get to the tournament. Uh, but so UConn, South Carolina, that should be a good one, though, still, mm-hmm. even with UConn's injury issues. 4 p.m. on Sunday here in College Park, number eight, Maryland versus number 10, Ohio State. Ohio State did get off, uh, did get out of their losing streak, they beat Wisconsin, but 0 and 3 stretch there last week. Yeah, really tough for them, and that loss to Purdue was um, a little bit more jarring than the other two. To be honest, you lose to a good team. Hey, okay, you lose to a good team. Purdue's a pretty good team, and they're going to be a tournament team. That's yeah. that's not necessarily what you want to see from Ohio State if you want them if you're picking them to go far in the tournament. But Maryland Ohio State should be a good one. I think it should be a great one. Um, I think it's going to be a test of of both teams on the defensive side. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think Ohio State uh, they did trip up three times in a row there uh, to, to lose to two highly ranked teams. And then, and then to Purdue who will probably be ranked um, coming up yep. in this, in this week's poll, but um, Purdue is facing Indiana on Sunday. I have that game. Um, it's sold out at Purdue. So that's going to oh, be, going to be a good one. That's a huge rivalry. That's going to be a good game. So that's going to be a show. Like you said, yeah. <laughs> That'll be a good one too. But I, I, Purdue is playing great. Katie Gerald, I, I'm so excited for her being back at her alma mater and, and doing it the way she's doing it. So it's fun to watch. Glad to see Purdue back. You know, uh, I, I just think it's it's great to have um, any school in Indiana should be good at basketball, right? Like that's just my thing. You know, you should be good at all the basketball. If you're in Indiana yeah. or Kansas, you got to be good. That's the that's the bargain, right? Yeah, yeah, you have to be good at basketball. But like there, I think that game's gonna be good. I'm picking Indiana though, you know. It's on the road, so it could be risky. risky, risky. I I think Indiana's a really good team. Speaking of Indiana, the real big one this week, um, Thursday, 6 30 p.m. uh, Big Ten Network. Christy Winter Scott game. I'm on that. Number six Iowa at number four Indiana. Let's go. I can't wait. I might get there Tuesday for that one. Just, to be- <laughs> just so I'm ready. I, it's going to be off the chain. That one's going to be off the chain. I got to do some yoga before that one because I'm going to be like through the roof. Yeah. We need, we need to send, like, we need to send a little prayer. I'll, <laughs> I'll call my grandma. To, I, need, I need to call my grandma to send a blessing so both those teams are healthy because we they were in the championship game last year, right? Yeah. My trip yeah. yeah, they were oh, in the no. championship. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're in the championship game last year, but Mackenzie Holmes was not playing, or had just come back from injury. Hurt. Yeah, she, she wasn't hundred percent. 
She wasn't 100%. And, and yeah. the game suffered because of that. I think this game, with everyone healthy, uh, where I, I didn't even know where. Oh, I said, it's at Indiana. So we're going back yeah. to Assembly Hall. That place yeah. was rocking against Ohio State. It's going to be it louder was. against Indiana. It will. Love it. We're in February. This is this is a February game. Like this is like perfect. This is perfect yeah. for for where we are in the season. And I'm super pumped. I know you're super pumped about Same. it. Right. Yeah, man. That that game's gonna be insane. And I know that uh, people are gonna be watching that one because Mackenzie Holmes' numbers over the last eight games, I think, all over twenty points per. Wow. Um, her rebounds are you know insane, but she's shooting like 69 percent from the floor. Yeah. So she and uh, Monica Sanano. You know, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun to watch. Like to say the late, inside, ain't remember two like, two weeks ago it. we talked about. Then we was it two weeks ago, maybe last week, where we had the we had the we had the debate between Holmes and and Sinano. We, we kind of came out saying that they do different things, um, yeah. in, in different ways. So it depends on your talent. But like those two going against each other at full blast is gonna be awesome. I just think like that one. You know, double circling that. Like, that's the one oh, yeah. game this week. If you can only watch one, that's the one. That's the um, one. But there's, there's, yeah. there's plenty of other ones um, <laughs> to, to watch. I mean, this that's great. It's just like, this is the best time of year. We get yeah, we got, it. We got uh, WNBA intrigue, obviously. <laughs> as we just spent an hour on that. We we have, I guess, NBA intrigue. We forget, did we remember Tyree Irving requested a trade during this podcast? I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> podcast. Uh, Live breaking news nugget. What? Kyrie. We got Adam. college basketball. Got high yeah. school basketball heading to the, the playoffs. Yeah. And also, I forgot to mention Jordan game bucket buckets. To 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 quote John Wall, I ain't never ever seen you <laughs> act like this. Twenty seven <laughs> points. Come on. Yeah, it's eight minute, It's eight minute quarter, Christy. I know. He had he had twenty seven and thirteen last night. Jordan Scott. That's my baby. He was hooping, and I'm surprised my voice is still intact because I was sitting there with Grandma, my mom, and we were having a time. So yeah, it was fun. Oh, oh, we got we got our That's senior fun. night tonight. Yeah, senior night fun for stuff. our one senior, Wyatt Trundle. He'll be playing D three oh. basketball next year. He's, a, he's an excellent guy, excellent player. Um, so you have a good one. Well, young oh. team, you know how that works. They'll come back and you know and keep keep pushing, keep playing no. together. No transfers. No transfers. <laughs> no portals. <laughs> no, no portals. No portaling. It's, it's, it's a, it is a problem. That's a problem around here. It is. We have, it is. We have, we have one kid in our school district. Uh, sorry, this is an aside. He's playing at Gonzaga. And, like, he lives he lives here. I'm like, I'm like, he's six, oh. seven and dunking as a sophomore. I'm like, please. I think come. I know who that is. I think he played yeah. with my Jordan uh, in, uh, in AAU. I Am think I he did. Yeah, I forgot I his name, honestly. But I, it, I know his name. Should I say it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's Alex, a, right? Yeah, Alex. Alex, that's him. Yeah, okay, he's got a quick he's last name out there for the people. To, but oh, he wants he's to my come home. Nephew. He's okay, Alex. Well, he's a baller. Yeah, so he's, he's, a, he's a baller. Um, but yeah, no transfers, guys. No, no transfers. <sighs> no transfers. Do yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay, stay home, babies. Anyway, are we winding up, Gabe? We we do have to wind up. We've been here for an hour and twenty minutes. Oh my goodness! Oh wow! Yeah, it has been a little long, but that's fun. Hey, listen, it didn't even feel like it. It didn't even feel like it. But Never. I tell you what, we went through the gamut with you guys. Uh, WNBA free agency. You wanted it. There it was. And there's probably gonna be more, right? Um, oh yeah. Elizabeth Williams, I think, is is headed to Chicago. That was something that broke this afternoon. So that was another little um, Mystics uh, Washington Mystics nugget. If I can say it all mm -hmm. at one time.
But anyway, um, we were going to bring you more stuff because there's going to be so many more games this weekend and college basketball that we're going to have our eyes on. But obviously, WNBA uh, free agency and how teams are meshing and moving. We're definitely going to keep our eyes on that and how that's been percolating. But for right now, we don't have to go home. We got to get up out of here. We have high school games and, and Wizards games, things to go to and high, uh, women's college basketball games and everything else. Uh, a lot of hustle around and see. It's all courtside, though. We're all courtside for all of them. So that makes it fun. But we will see you guys next time right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. For Gabe Ibrahim, I'm Christy Winter-Scott, and we'll see you next time. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.